This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME. And welcome to episode 430 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapar, is coming to you from the Stephen Machuga Memorial hey. Studio of the Airwaves, where we would like to take a second to promote stackup.org. If you want to support the troops, go to stackup.org and donate to help their mission of bringing video games to soldiers and veterans. It's a very good cause, but if you want to get in on the studio naming action, not necessarily the promo action, go to patreon.com slash laser time and enlist yes. at the $20 level. Anyway, who else is joining me? Chris, very excited about the Patreon this weekend. Tista, <laughs> just, I rarely get plugs out at the top, but um, Matt's got something, but we're almost completely caught up with the 302010 games thing, and two more episodes will be posted by next week. But uh, 302010 has launched a new Patreon show. We'll have launched a new Patreon show by the time this one goes up. And if you've never heard the show, we give Diana a moment to go on to her own little rant in Classic Corner on things that came out beyond 30, 20, and 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. And uh, Sarah kept pushing it like, no, I want to watch these movies too. I want to have a discussion about these older films Diana brings up. And we are. So it's the first show. And as always with the first uh, instance of something, it is really important to get feedback from people who give a shit. Uh, and that, I mean, patrons, I don't expect a lot. It's, I wish, I wish all of you had a Patreon with comments because the comments are so not cynical usually and helpful. It is not just like, notice me, I have a hot take on your stupid show. (laughs) It's called Donkey Kong Game Boy. Everyone calls it that. Uh, no, they don't. And (laughs) no, they don't ever, you pedantic weirdo. Go start your own accuracy podcast. We will finance it. Matt, did you introduce yourself? I, I didn't um, want to interrupt his plug. Uh, I, I'm, I'm Matt. I'm, <laughs> I'm an acid man, which you would know what that means <laughs> if you watched the Monday Night Movie. Uh, but fret, fret not, if you haven't watched it, you can go see the archive at twitch.tv slash Allen, or the audio will be uploaded to patreon.com slash laser time to watch along to Point Break on its 30th anniversary and what Dave Rudden calls... A top five funniest Monday Night Movie moment with Chris. That's all I'll say. That's the only tease you'll get. Is that what Dave Rudden said? That's what Dave Diamond Dog Dave Rudden, who joined us, said. It is very rare that I make Diamond Dog Dave Rudden laugh. And usually it's at my expense. And this is one of those occasions. I've never seen someone so embarrassed for me in all my life. Uh, and it's over something so silly, but he couldn't get his head out of his hands. He almost broke Dave. He was cringing. He was literally cringing. Why is it so back. cringy? I'm right. <laughs> but again, to find out what we're talking about, patreon.com slash laser time. You can get the audio version of that Monday Night Movie. I'm right. God. Well, this has been the Laser Time Plug Show. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I told you he'd hate it. But look, you shouldn't have to. We, people shouldn't have to wait three and a half hours to hear where we can actually make money on this show. Uh, it's true. But, uh, but, but, but what, what did you want to talk about, Michael? Well, 
Since you asked. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> this week, the long-awaited sequel to a 14-year-old game is out. Neo, the world ends with you. It is yeah. not a remake, but an actual sequel to the, the old DS game, which was set in a place in Tokyo called Shibuya. Shibuya is a very famous shopping and fashion and finance center. It has a huge department store known as 109 uh, that, mm-hmm. that kind of dominates its skyline. It has the, the you, famous... You can buy dildos, creepy woodies, like uh, I mean, you've anything. been there more recently than I have, so... Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucking love Shibuya. Um, uh, Brett and I, I love that we casually called it the Tekken Intersection. Yeah, the, sure. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Called, I think, just the, officially the Shibuya Crossing, but it's also known as yeah. like the Shibuya Scramble. It's a, a well, it's called a, a Scramble Crossing because there's like a big diagonal crosswalk in the middle, and they briefly will pause all traffic and just give pedestrians like, all right, this is this is adult swim time. Only pedestrians yeah. can be in yeah. the road. Like like a, a diamond, uh, like uh, shit, I think like seven lines of human traffic. In the middle, that sounds much worse than it is. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but but uh, but, but it's it's great. Every time there, every time it's like it's like the the uh, hugging Jesus est- uh, establishing shot to Brazil to yeah. Japan. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're establishing, we're in Japan now. Most of the time, people show the Shibuya intersection. It might intersection. be one of the most iconic shots of Tokyo, like anywhere yeah. in Tokyo. But it's sure. so. But if you've been there, it's so, it hides. But like when you ever you see that intersection, immediately to the bottom of the frame is like one of the biggest uh one of the biggest rail systems in the entire city uh it's one of the coolest shopping districts there's the meiji uh meiji uh shrines there's like an entire section of like forest shrines somehow in that inner city location there's a fucking fantastic game store uh (laughs) both to the left of that and above that that um I love going, and I've only seen it in Japan, like, ooh, what's their import section look like? And it's 3,000 billion yen versions of, like, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for the Xbox, and, <laughs> and like, Chuck Rock for Genesis. Jesus. It's, it's so fucking weird. And, uh, and then, um, and then, the, but the, the clothing is great. A lot of the clothing you've seen me wear. I, I purchased at least four shirts from that right across the street at Shibuya intersection. My blinged up pink panther saying, uh, too, too pink to think or something like some weirdly translated shit. I gotta buy triple XLs just to like walk out of a Japanese store and I still look like fat Brad Pitt in Fight Club with <laughs> little tiny baby shirts on me. Uh, they, when I was there, they had an entire line and this is like 2014 of Max from Goof Troop or Goofy movie oh, clothing. Yeah. Um, there, there's goofy. a Disney well, store. He's big in Europe, right? That was. Um... I don't. I don't know. But I was in in, in in Tokyo Disney, and I've never seen a walk around character of Max in my life, other than in Japan. I saw it and... in Disneyland recently, but yeah, recently I was, I, was right. I was shocked. Yeah, it was it was during a character breakfast. I was like, Max, what is Max <laughs> during doing the pandemic? <laughs> they were they were pulling out all those stops. It's like wow, did uh, they run out of other. In jobs? the Disney store, there is like, it's like three stories. And there are tableaus that are on the lines of things you would see in an actual Disney park. And you can buy park tickets there. We had one of our biggest nightmares ever. My girlfriend lost our Disney tickets. And I get back to the hotel and she's crying. And we went back to every place we went. Because also it's Japan. If someone found our Disney tickets, they just give them to us. That no one locks their bike around there. It's fucking wonderful. It's like it's the best parts of a city with the best parts of a 
rural community. Uh, it really is. I love Shibuya. And, and, and something it's hard to, to brag about, the advertisements. The advertisements are wonderful. Uh, the, the, they're famous for the advertisements that show up on those billboards. I think recently people were freaking out over that giant cat optical illusion um, that they had where they just they made the digital billboard look like the look like the building itself and there's a 50 foot cat like just doing shit wow. <laughs> um, it looks really cool even on video um, filming the side of the building but like you you can see your uh, they, they occasionally like will put your face when you're walking through Shibuya on the side of those advertisements you'll be like like you're in a sports game uh, there's the what's that little dog you can go visit uh, Hachiko. Dog Hachiko. I was Hachiko. gonna bring up Hachiko it's this it's yeah. a statue of a dog with a story so sad that it inspired a Richard Gere movie and also the best episode of Futurama. Yeah. It's that, that dog that uh, in like 1925, I think, 35, something like that, his his owner died. But he would meet his owner like every day at the, the train station. And one day while at work, his owner had a brain hemorrhage and died. And Hachiko for like the next nine years kept coming to the station every day. To wait for his owner. owner. It became this symbol of persistence and loyalty and... Oh my god, it's here. Uh, there he is. summoned Hachiko. <laughs> um, so it's it's like a meeting place for people like, oh, meet me meet me by Hachiko. And, yeah, and for, for, for like teenagers, the they're like, meet me at the Hachiko statue. So you go out there, it's like, it's usually packed yeah. With, with younger folk. It's everything I really like about Japan shines in the Shibuya district. It really wait, it's does. A, it's a... It's just known as like a really hip district, right? Like it's the first district in Tokyo to hand out same-sex marriage certificates, yeah. right? Like it's yeah, supposed five to be years like, ago. Yeah, it, it's um, and it's in addition to the one train station, Chris, you mentioned of uh, the Shibuya station. It's right near the Shinjuku station as well, like the two biggest oh. stops. It's like it's like in the middle of those, and so yeah, it's it's just a huge uh, place for foot travel. That is, that is the bullet two hundred and fifty mile per hour train that goes so fast it bends light. Um, it, it, it operate. It turns like a roller coaster. Like it has to get up on its side, and is it a model of efficiency every country should steal from. Yeah. And we never will, sadly. I, I have a feeling we'll just get bigger SUVs. <laughs> but but, uh, but no wonder it is the a setting for so many yes. video games. It's it's, a, it's such a cool place. It's right? a really cool place. It's it has a very unique look. It's a lot of fun to explore. It's a lot of fun to explore in Neo. The world ends with you, and it made me think, like, hey, it's been used in a lot of other games too. Let's take a look at five of them, and mark this auspicious return with a look at the neighborhood. Yeah. So and this is where I get to hopefully plug. It might be the second week in a row I get to name a show because you better name it. What I have here in the notes: Shibuya Kasha. Oh Mug one. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. Where's Dave to put his head in his hands over that shit? That was awesome. Come on, that's a good name. Shibuya Kasha. <laughs> Come on, that's Mug good. One. We're using it, please. <laughs> uh, anyway, we will get into the top five games that recreate Shibuya right after this. Folks, you might have heard us talk about Manscaped and the importance of male grooming before. Well, now that summer's upon us and the clothes are starting to come off, it's more important than ever to give yourself a little boost of confidence and look your personal best by taking care of some of that stray body hair. Some of it down there. Since it's so hot, you might even want to trim things a bit shorter than usual. And when you do, take it from two guys who have learned the hard way more than we care to admit. You want to be sure you're doing so safely, especially when trimming the hair down there. 
And that is where Manscaped can help. It may be a scorcher out there, but it's time to bundle up in here. With Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, aka the GOAT of ball trimmers. GOAT! Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold on to your goodies. Their fourth generation Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunctional on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild, and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes not those delicate holes you sickos your ear and nose holes uh, once you're done grooming you seal the deal with manscaped delightfully scented liquid formulations before heading outside use crop preserver ball deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat then after trimming the lawn and whacking your weeds give your beach balls a boost with crop reviver there are a few things as refreshing as a little spritz from the crop reviver Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort in boxers to another level and get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME, one word, LASERTIME, at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and the weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we're back to talk about what? Shibuya Gasha. Shibuya. All right, fine, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you did Number a Shibuya joke? <laughs> This has got to be Call of Duty Yes, 4. it is. Yeah, um, Call of Duty 4, uh, entirely set in Shibuya, the very unrealistic. This could be so many games on our list, because yeah. like, they they well, all have this similar hip, hip vibe, you know? Like yeah. this 70s, almost-esque vibe. Is this the... Scramble? Yeah, this is this is, but that that is like just playing the theme music because there is almost no like recognizable sound in this game. It's all music for the most part. This is yeah, four two eight Shibuya Scramble or four twenty eight whatever. This is such a weird fucking game. This originally came out for Wii in two thousand eight, then was ported to PSP and PS three in Japan only. Finally came to the U.S. like 2018 for PS4 and, and PC. What's it called? 428 Shibuya Scramble. Uh, and it is it is a visual novel. I was going to say, yeah. And, and it is essentially an FMV game, except there's no MV. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all filmed, but it's instead of like static uh, drawings or CG or whatever, it's just got like photos of actors staged acting out a scene but the structure of the game is so unique it, like for the okay for the most part 
you are just looking at a picture while text pops up on screen and reading. And then every so often, you will get to make a decision. There will be a juncture where you can say, like, oh, I'm going to chase down this criminal or I'm going to do as my chief says and give up the pursuit and let, let other cops handle it. And those decisions have both immediate and far-reaching ramifications for the story. A lot of the time you will make one of those decisions and go a little further and things will unfold. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like, oh, this cop you're playing as fucked up. He's going to submit his resignation tomorrow, move out to the sticks and move back in with his parents and be sad. Like, bad end. Like, I didn't, I, I couldn't change that in any way. And then it says, like, all right, you want to change this? Okay, by, by getting this bad ending, you've unlocked a second storyline. You can now play as this other character and make a choice as this other character that will affect this storyline. And so you go back and you basically change the past by making a different decision as this character. And then it's like, okay, now you can jump back into the first storyline and see what's changed and continue onward. And it will keep doing that to you over and over and over again. And eventually, like, after that first chapter, it expands and you get, like, three more protagonists that you can follow. And so it gets increasingly convoluted and becomes more and more of a puzzle the further you get in. Because there's all these different decisions that can affect things in other storylines that can then open up new possibilities for decisions when you play as them. And also one of the characters, like, you're playing as a cop. A vigilante guy who lives in Shibuya and is so dedicated to cleaning up the streets that he just literally goes out and collects trash all the time. A journalist who's really desperate for a story. There is this pharmaceutical director who's like the, the, the father of these twins that are part of this kidnapping plot that, you know, they're, somebody's trying to kidnap them and that's what kicks off the whole story. And then there's also a, an anonymous woman who's trapped in a cat mascot costume for the, basically the whole story oh. and can't get out but <laughs> needs to sell these uh diet drinks that don't work and uh yeah it's it's all oddly endearing and uh and silly and it's it's strangely fun even though like in terms of a video game you're not really doing much but well, the, but the structure yeah. and the presentation are fascinating I, I recognize the developers from Tonganrampa and yeah. one of my favorite Street Pass games, Warrior's Way. Yeah, it's Spike Chunsoft. Bo- both games are the kings of like I don't do very much as a player, <laughs> but the presentation, <laughs> yeah, uh, because the 3DS game is just rock paper scissors, but with an entire samurai battle clan falling at the behest of my rock paper or scissors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty much a caption this the game, right? It's just like a photo of somebody and you get to choose what they're saying in any given moment, which then you see more I mean, photos. I, w- I wouldn't even say any given moment. I would say you get to basically you're watching the story unfold and it's a number of photos with a lot of dialogue. And then like after maybe about 10 minutes of watching this, you're like, oh, a decision. Um, oh god, this is this sounds awful. This is like my least. I know it's, it sounds game. terrible. It's not. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just at a glance. Like all the Steam reviews are incredibly positive mm-hmm. uh, and have been for like the last three. Well, because yeah, the kind of person who would buy this is probably it's a bias. It's also got audience. an 85 on Metacritic. That's not yeah. for nothing. 
And, and like the the biggest draw to me here is is our topic Shibuya. Yeah, like just being able yeah. to like move around in photorealistic Shibuya. Like yeah, all of these will will give you a a look at Shibuya. This is the one that will take you everywhere and show you photos, and you'll get to see the back streets and like little neglected shops out of the way. It's neat. I mean, you don't get to m- move around freely, but uh, it's okay. still a nice look at Shibuya. 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 Is uh, it is it a murder mystery or anything like the Danganronpa games, or is um, it just your cop doing stuff? It 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 begins as a kidnapping mystery. A woman is kidnapped. The kidnappers demand five hundred thousand from this woman. So um, to get a little like 50 bit bucks, right? That's spoilery. Yeah. So so her twin sister. They say like, go stand by Hachiko with this briefcase full of five hundred thousand dollars, and you you begin playing. The first play character you play as is this detective who's undercover along with a bunch of other undercover detectives who are watching the handoff and are ready to seize whoever tries to take the case. And an evil foreigner, just a tall white guy, shows up and and takes the case and you chase him down, but it turns out, oh, there's another foreigner with a gun who came and kidnapped her while all the the cops were otherwise occupied. And, and, And then there's some stuff about, like, international bioterrorism that surfaces later. And... Yeah, sure. And it's it's yeah, it's kind of crazy. I recommend it. Surprisingly, I, I know enough. it's not for me, but like yeah. I, I am more interested than ever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, four twenty eight Shibuya Scramble. It's fun. Clearly, not quite as fun as number four. That is the sound of a Pomeranian killing and eating a beagle in which game? <laughs> Tokyo oh Jungle. Tokyo yeah. Jungle. This Tokyo is like jungle. a kind of a cult favorite of the show. We've talked about this game yeah. before. This Col- is, cult yeah. favorite of a lot of people. It's on PS3 and Vita, and you can you can play it on PlayStation now. It takes place in, I think, 2027, and humans have just disappeared from Shibuya. And the the map of the game is basically just Shibuya and its suburbs and Yoyogi Park. And everything's just kind of ruined. There's toppled buildings, partially collapsed, elevated walkways, I guess. A lot of overgrown plant stuff Mm -hmm. in there, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nature has reclaimed Shibuya, and there are zoo animals all over the place. And you pick an animal, and you have to survive as it. There's a couple of stories where you can play as either a Pomeranian or a small deer. And uh, obviously the survival conditions are a little bit different. As the deer, you're you're supposed to eat vegetation and fight off predators. And as the dog, you're supposed to fight off vegetation and eat predators. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you attack animals and, and eat them and you try to survive yeah, and avoid it, It's almost of one of like the more grotesque survival games yes. there is. Yes. We, we see a lot of... I just don't know of a lot of games that show dogs eating cats. No, no, you, and that is something you can do. I'm, I think you can also turn the tables if you're playing as a cat, and if you can bring down a dog, you get to eat it. Uh, and uh, and the the goal is to survive and get strong for long enough that you can find a mate and bring them to your lair and watch your animal mount the other animal. There's always that howl, and then suddenly there's a new generation, and you get to control like a litter of smaller versions of your yes. animal. That wow. silk stocking music means they fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like classic gaming. You gotta get rewarded with the cutscene, right? You get yeah, to see exactly. some animal husbandry. Woo hoo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, do- dog fox news really raised hell over this one. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what's his name? Jack, Jack. Uh, 
Jack Thompson. Russell. Jack Thompson, the, the yeah, lawyer. Jack guy. I'm surprised. Uh, Jack Russell. Yeah, Jack, Jack Russell, Russell, the lawyer. He was, he was on Fox News. Fox Hound News talking about this nonstop. There are a bunch of animals in this that are still available as DLC. You can go and pay 99 cents to unlock something like a saber-toothed tiger. Or well, so you, you still you still can play this. Like I thought, yeah, this is sort of like lost it's on, P- on PS Now. Yeah, PS Now. Yeah, oh, a PS lot of those now. games that you can can't find anywhere anymore. You just it's their subscriptions. Oh, but this yeah. had a physical release, like and uh, one in one of those best of PlayStation Network things. Like hmm. you could buy it with Fat Princess. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I remember that. It, and I was that's why I was laughing earlier because like its box art is hilarious. It is just a Pomeranian with a leash on the ground yep. staring at the camera. And knowing what that Pomeranian will eventually do makes me giggle so much. <laughs> he will become a wolf among lambs. Right, yeah, I mean, it is still available on like PS3 and Vita. You can, if, if you have those systems, you can go play it. Or yeah, just play it on PS now. But uh, and and you can also play as as more exotic animals, like again a saber toothed tiger or a panda. <laughs> I'm not sure that pandas actually make those sounds, but, you know, it's like you still ha- get, have a well, big, powerful you've clearly body. never been to Japan where the pandas are from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It can also be a giraffe or a crocodile. It's cool. Tons of animals to unlock just through play, actually. And, yeah, there's, like, story mode for two different animals, and then you can just, like, pick any and, like, just try to survive for as long as you can. It's fun! I, like, I might, I might have fun. to do like a one month of PS Now just to play this because it feels like a Mr. Mosquito, like one of those games that they're never going to make another one again. So you might as well experience yeah. it, you know? Like it's probably not, but yeah, it has it has a huge cult following. Not the best look at Shibuya because it's like I said, mostly collapsed, Shibuya. but it's still it's still Shibuya. But it's clearly not as much Shibuya as number three. <laughs> Out of my face. You're blocking my view. Shut up. Stop talking. Just go the hell away. All the world needs is me. Uh, man, what a dick. He, he says part of the title, he wins part of the prize. Is Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the original World Ends With yeah, You. Yeah, the right? original to World me. Ends With You on DS and, and then later for mobile and Switch. A game built and entirely around the DS. Like The, the du- dual screen design was really essential for playing it. Because you had these two characters, Neku and Shiki. During combat, you would control Neku on the bottom screen with the stylus and Shiki on the top screen with the D-pad or with the buttons. Man, I've tried to get into this game so many times. And it's like, well, I love the art style and music, but it is so low. I, I was kind of surprised going back to it after all these years, remembering that like, oh yeah, this for a DS game had like a lot of fairly clear voice to the point where some of the songs on the soundtrack were actually sung. You're good as gone. 
Yeah, I think I really thought that was Matt for a second. I, I think <laughs> this series, like, if it has an identity after two games, that's part of it because that shit's all over the new one. Like, oh yeah, this, yeah, it's very like a lot of lot of catchy, catchy music. One thing one. we should we should mention too: these are Nomura games. These are Tetsuya Nomura games, so oh, the yeah. character designs are very Nomura when you see them. Mm-hmm. It's like this could be Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, you know, it's, the baggy zippers. <laughs> yes. On a Tokyo street. An abundance of zippers, no sleeves, and lots of bagginess. Oh, it's I, I remember, like, really fucking dreading this game coming into Kingdom Hearts. The, yeah, and, well, really? this game, I just remember, was very confusing when I played it on TS. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is this thing about? I don't know what this is about. Well, it's just that, like, uh, uh, you know, it's not a it's not a bold criticism to say that, like, Kingdom Hearts launched, like, it's Final Fantasy meets Disney, and, like, it's a... Final Fantasy game uh, with Disney characters, and the Final Fantasy characters are used very poorly. And or it's just like, "Hello, Squall, how are you doing?" I'm terrible. Like, <laughs> th- there's not much more. It, like, you can't really like only Aaron ever comes to your party, and then Square like kind of gets on its fucking high horse and like, "Yeah, we're gonna add World Ends with You characters to Kingdom Hearts," and like, all you can do is slow this story down. <laughs> uh, th- <laughs> Like holy shit, this this thing is so bloated already with characters. Please don't add in another Square franchise. But they did with Dream Drop Drop Distance. I think making Shibuya mildly playable or cutsceney in uh, a Kingdom Hearts game. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that uh, Shibuya sort of appears in like one of the endings in Kingdom Hearts three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was in Dream Drop Distance, but. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't either because I have not been able to finish most of these games since they, since Birth by Sleep. It's been a right. giant slog, and everyone involved should be ashamed of themselves. But, but the premise of this game is you're there's like the real space, real ground. But yeah. the game is the premise is you're dead, right? And you're yeah, competing you're, in this game to try to win your life back. Or, you're or dead and you don't know it, but uh, you you have to partner up with this this random girl who shows up. You're you're a player in the Reapers game. And you have to do various missions and fight these monsters that are just called noise in order to survive. One thing I remember about this game at the time is, because just like the new one, a lot of it depends on cell phone technology. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that's how you get your missions in the game yep. and, and you help identify the noise. But it's like cell phone tech was way different when this oh, game yes. came out. And so it's just for like us, yeah. like for the new game, they had to adapt it. Like, oh, well, you know, this is what iPhones can do now. Everybody using those big Japanese flip phones from the mid-2000s. Right. Yeah. Totally. With the little charms hanging off. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, but it, it is funny how how, how many similarities the uh, this game shares with the new game. You know, yeah, it's just uh... well, you know th- this this one was a little like after fourteen years coming back to the game after fourteen years and after playing a bunch of Neo, the world ends with you. Like this, the the original was a little harder to get into because uh, you have multiple buttons that all have like different gestures associated with it, and it took me a little while to reacclimate to the. You know, just using the touch screen to move and to attack while also trying to worry about what's going on in the top screen. Yeah, well, there was also voice activation, which fucking blows, and who wants to yell into their DS? Like Literally blows. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's pretty great, and everybody loves it. I was I was never able to get that into it, honestly. I'll be, I'll, I'll be the pariah here. And, and no, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Like, like like I said, the plot to me at the time was very confusing. I'm like, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or where I'm supposed to be going. I did, I was 
the combat didn't really take uh, to mm. me at the time, so I just could, yeah, I, I stopped playing it. It, it is a little, little difficult to split your focus between the top and bottom screens. And, yeah. But, you know, fortunately they have that feature that's like, yeah, if you just focus on the bottom screen, Shiki will take over and just auto-battle in the top screen. And it's fine, it's fine. Nobody cares. Here's what combat sounds like. Watch yourself! I just yep. like calling it Twooey. Twooey. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Light. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you're Catholic well, if you hear the world ends with you and want to say, and also with you. Right. <laughs> uh, or, no, Michael, the new Catholic thing, and with your spirit. Oh, God. And with that's, your spirit. I can't get on ritual. board with that. I haven't been to church no. in 20 years. <laughs> Fucking hurts. Anyway. It, it's still tough for me to get used to, frankly, mm-hmm. when they say I it. recommend going to church or on Apalachicola Bar if you want to feel like the youngest man in history. Because that's you, that's what you will be. Like, wow, I didn't know they made people this old. becoming <laughs> <laughs> more appealing. Sure. Anyway, let's move along to... Number two. So I'm I'm I lumping two games in here: Jet Set Radio Future and Jet Grind Radio, as, as it was known in the U.S. Yes, mm-hmm. the original Jet Set Radio. I have no idea why they didn't bring that title over, but well, you you ground the rails, so maybe they were just trying to tell you what you're going to be doing a lot of. You I, know? I guess. But uh, yeah, this this one is pretty widely available, and it is a great opportunity to explore lots of different Tokyo neighborhoods. But at first, mainly Shibuya, because that is where the main characters, the GGs, are from. From Shibuya Joe in the south, the city of daylight, it's those troublemaking punks, the GGs. The GGs home turf, Shibuya Joe was just attacked. Was it poison jam? They were talking about spreading out there. Or maybe it was the noise tank. Trying to send a system crash through the whole city. So yeah, and and like the the first few levels, you're going to be in in familiar parts of Shibuya. Like there's a bus terminal. That's the the first level with like all the stairs and the buses that you're tagging. Uh, yeah. From there, it's it's on to Dogenzaka Hill, which is an actual place with like a bunch of shopping and and stuff like that. And that is where you learn to sketch on the back of cars to. Ride up the hill, and then you get to come no, back. We down. call that Marty McFly. Yeah, that's Marty. a McFly. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're McFly. Don't need a credit card to ride this train. Have you ever, have you ever tried that in real life? I, no. I don't recommend it to you youngsters. I have. Um, don't let the car go above twenty miles per hour if you don't want to fall and have a really bad day. Because that no. speed wobbles are a real thing. No, I, I think I think you'll be fine until your your wheels start wobbling, but you'll probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the spe- speed wobbles suck; they're, they're yeah. terrible. Uh, so did you did you do that like a friend was towing you, or did you just like? latch onto a car in traffic like uh, uh it, it was more like the goonies thing where like you know the the bully just grabbed my arm and said here we go and you know i had to no it was uh i, I would ask my dad if i could hold on to his window and do it alongside his truck just down the cul-de-sac it was fine he, he was going like five miles per hour to me felt like 95 it was you know 
like did he did he not mind the rollerblades spray paint headphones thing you were doing? I mean, yeah, he was a little. Imb- the rollerblades was fine. It was the short shorts. He's like Matt, honest to God, I, yeah. I can see your nutsack. I, I'm sure he also wasn't fond of when you just skated by and uh, and tagged the side of his car. Well, it's also risky. He had, he had a dually truck, and so if I fell, I'm getting mm-hmm. run over by those out, outer wheels. You know, oh, shit. You guys know what I'm talking about. By legendary character actor Paul Dooley. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking away, great film. Uh, but this this is uh, it's funny. He, he the guy in the game clip you played before, Michael, referred to it by its kind of full neighborhood name of Shibuya Cho. Well, that's that's great. also like a Jet Set Radio thing, like Tokyo To Shibuya Cho, like that. It, well, you know, what, you, what Greg, what Greg that, told but... me is the neighborhoods, like the reason it's called Kamarocho in the Yakuza series is mm. Cho is just like a, a suffix meaning neighborhood, right? I so like the that. real neighborhood ka, uh, Kamarocho is based on his Kabuki Cho, you know? And, and, he, and he goes, because mm. I, I was trying to say like Kabuchiko and he goes, no, no, just, just say the word Kabuki and then add Cho because Cho just means like the ward, the neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Like President Camacho. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's from right. the Kama neighborhood. Got comma, comma. I'm sorry. I know we're broken records on this. Is Jet Set Radio Future readily available? No, easily. Is it's it? Is it backwards compatible? No. It's got to be. Well, right? it's it's one of those things. that's like technically, like you can play it on a 360, but parts of it will break after a while. Like it's not mm. fully compatible or officially compatible. And I was reading people saying, like, well, why isn't it? And one of the leading theories is, like, well, we made it available again, so you might have to pay all these artists for the soundtrack. Right. Uh, and, you know, give money to Rob Zombie for that fantastic version of Dragula again. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yes, because that's the first song I think of when I think of Jack Ryan Radio. It's like there's, or Jet there's, Radio. there's few things that aren't in this game: britches, ditches, and witches. <laughs> like this, the soundtrack means nothing to me. Right? Nothing. You want to burn in the back of your yeah. Dragula. Um, no, if you're I, 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 yeah, I saw the uh, first. So I, I, sorry, I just have a regular. I, I was thinking like, well, I have this on Steam, but no, I have just old school Jet yeah. Set Radio. Jet on Set Steam. Radio or Jet Grind Radio was Free made Master. widely available. Like I think it first came to mobile, which was yeah. a surprise. Well, PSP, then, yeah, PSP, the Vita, and Vita, PS3, and and yeah, it went from there. And it's, now it's available for pretty much everything, which mm. is great. Mm. But I I think it is the less enjoyable of the two games like it was it was amazing right. when it came to dreamcast uh, right and yeah and this was right. like before grand theft auto 3 happened when like you did not get games that encouraged criminality like this or juvenile delinquency mm-hmm. and there were so many warning screens in this yes fucking game. yes my god but then jet set radio future came out and i remember like playing both of these a few years ago and Realizing, like, even though I didn't like it so much at the time, Jet Set Radio Future is actually, like, this plays how you remember Jet Grind Radio playing. Like, it is so much more intuitive and fun and easier to stick to things and easier to do graffiti. Yeah, there's, yes. there's technically not a lot to do in the original Jet Grind Radio. You do spend a lot of meandering. You do you do a lot of tricks. You do a lot of grinding. You do a lot but of the graffiti, controls are really um, and you run from cops. The, Like mm-hmm. the controls are really floaty and unresponsive mm-hmm. in the original, which you can feel when you play it on Steam. Yeah. Now and, it's just like you're and constantly it is a little fighting weird the stick when you like you know get up enough speed for a big jump and then you just so, sort of slowly float through the air doing the splits or whatever. Like it looks cool. But like, yeah, maybe this isn't so realistic. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, well, it's it's like it's it's uh not 
It is, is it pre Tony Hawk, or at least it was? No. It was being talked about more than Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk um, had been was a few years old by this point. Um, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. This this was around Tony Hawk two or three. Yeah, I guess time. it would have been two. Two came out on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, man, I love this game. Oh, I, this game's I, great. Yeah. When, when, when we talk about like the hip, there is like a Shibuya aesthetic that's unique to video games. Like you, when you play that the theme song from Four Twenty Eight Shibuya Scramble, it's like they they all kind of do this like. I don't even know how to refer to it. It's it's like almost like a '70s slash, just like it's a really colorful vibe. And I don't know if that's due to just the feel of that neighborhood or not. But like a lot of these games share the same feel around Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, uh, it it doesn't happen a lot now. But like just being a young kid, like venturing out into college, uh, and Jet Set Radio is like, I want to live in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> I want to rent some some place here for at least two years. And talk about it for the rest of my life. And, and I think like, it, it's most is... evident in our number one entry, if, if my guess is correct. Yeah, speaking, be, but speaking of being a kid and, and wanting to live in a place. Number one. Uh, inarticulately... Inarticulately dubbed back in the day as Sesame Street music because I didn't know what <laughs> it, what very, instrument that got, was. That's the vibe I'm talking about. It's got yeah. this like '70s vibe yeah. with a little bit of a modern spin. Although in my mind, that fucking song is associated with that stupid Mo meme where he's dancing in the classroom and then like shoots the uh, shotgun. No, right. <laughs> with yeah. someone's dissing your fly girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, so yeah, Persona Five obviously you know set in Tokyo. Not just Shibuya, but Shibuya is a big part of that game. As Dude, it is there, in the there are parts of that game where, like, I have been in that tunnel. I have yeah. been in that overhang. Yeah, and, and um, like, it's awesome. Sh- Shibuya factors pretty heavily into a lot of other Persona, Shin Megami Tensei games. But here, it's very central. Like, yeah, you, you spend a lot of time in the train station. I think you meet with your friends at, like, a, an overpass or something in Shibuya. Um, and it factors big into... The sequel, like the very first abilities fight that you get in Persona 5 Strikers is in a version like and you never really get to be in the the scramble crossing in Persona 5. In Persona 5 Strikers, you get to have like a big ass Dynasty Warriors battle there. All right, let's begin the operation. That was one hell of an entrance, Joker. They're all riled up. Just keep at it. Go ham until you've drawn every last bit of attention. So yeah, there's about a billion demon cops surrounding you. Just go ham on them with your knife and your personas and your gun and stuff. It's really neat. And all the little shops and things that you go to in Persona 5 like are around Shibuya. The Big Bang Burger and and the little gun shop with that, that guy that you befriend and with Bazinga sauce. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll retire from podcasting. Thank you. That'd be for mm. the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That time somebody said it. Kidding. Kidding. Uh, Jesus. But it's a place where you'll spend a lot of time, especially your free time, and it's really well represented here. I should I should really play this. Do, game. do they call it Shibuya? I, that's what I don't remember. Yeah, they call they it do, Shibuya. They? they they change other things, though. That's another thing that like a lot of things get changed in in these games like um th- okay so there's this department store it's like this big tower very recognizable in real life it's called 109 in the world ends with you it's 104 
Yeah. Which is alternately localized as 104 or 104 in the new one. Mm-hmm. And 705 in Persona 5. And uh, the statue of Hachiko is the statue of Buchiko, which I don't really understand. But, like, that's a public domain thing. It's it's historical. But yeah, I looked it up and somebody just said, like, yeah, it's, it's just a little jokey thing. They just change the names of anything prominent. Like, even the, the neighborhood your character lives in, Yonganjaya, is based on a real place called uh, Sanganjaya. I think it gives them artistic license. Like, that's probably yeah. why they change it for the Yakuza series. Is like, well, we don't have to look just like Kabukicho. It's like... Mm-hmm. Kamarocho is its own thing. Yes, yeah, Shibu uh, 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 Persona played real fast and loose with that district all the time. Yeah, and um, I, 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 it's one of the only things I've really loved, truly loved about Yakuza is I've never fully been bit by the bug, but walking around these Japanese districts and just playing around. Yeah, well, it's it's one of the best parts of I think that's of the Yakuza series. Not to get too off track here, is just like. Getting to know Kamurocho and then having that be consistent with little changes from game to game, you really do like just kind of. It's, fall it's in important love with to, re- to to say if we haven't already, like um, in this part of Japan, they have no street names. Oh, so really? They they no no they have they have like uh, addresses and you just sort of have to know where you are. It's really easy to get lost in, but um, you know less so with a. I've only been there. I went there once with no uh, Wi-Fi beacon, and then I went there again with like, uh, you know, I can Google Map everywhere I am. But yeah, they don't have street signs anywhere, nowhere. What, one of the reasons um, I brought up Yakuza is, is I was shocked. I, I, I was talking to Michael. We were like, surely a Yakuza game has somehow veered into the Shibuya district, and no, like even though like because they changed the names of all the districts in that game, and I was kind of looking, and I'm like, no, there's no. There hasn't been a Shibuya equivalent yet in a Yakuza huh. game, which seems odd to me. Like that is really weird. Like maybe it's too big, too bu- too much to render. I don't know. Yeah. I, I here's what I remember where I remember um, the Shibuya district ending. I would walk up this hill, and I've done it twice with years apart. And there are women outside a massage parlor. And when it's light, they're like massage, massage. And then when the the sun goes down, they're like blow job, blow job. And I'm like, no, thank you. I want to go to karaoke. And then uh, to my left is a WWE restaurant. And I'm like, this is the end of Shibuya. <laughs> I shouldn't walk any further than this. <laughs> you didn't want to get a blow job by looking at a picture of Chris Jericho blow or something blow across blow the street? <laughs> well, while having a burger with Triple H cheddar cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy got off. <laughs> wow! That was so Radio DJ! How'd you do that? Wow. We, we do not do that normally. Oh my goodness. I mean, we used to do that. We should do that more often. I, I just had that waiting in case there was an opportune time to play it. <laughs> I mean, when you're talking to Chris, chances of coming hey, are like, exactly. like a 50 50 chance. Mm-hmm. Easy, mm-hmm. easy. But, but I, I made a really good Triple H cheese joke. <laughs> That's what I want on my tombstone. <laughs> But also, like, a qu- one quality about uh, Shibuya Scramble that uh, Persona 5 makes really evident is it's kind of like Japan's Times Square. There's, like, a bunch of huge yeah, yes. video monitors that'll play ads and other things, and uh, it's what you use to, to hijack the news at one point in the game. The police have officially announced that these crimes have come to an end. I'm sure everyone that the peace will be restored. What is wrong, everybody? The other one, which you all know, is the Phantom Thieves. And all of us are alive and kicking. 
I was wondering because, like, I'm sure Shibuya is represented in that Lost in Translation movie, right? I was like, is oh, that where probably. he looks up at the billboards when he's in the car? That's got yes, it, right? and that movie starts with the, the Shibuya intersection okay. as well mm-hmm. to establish where it is. Yeah, you got it. Got to have that in there if you're you're a foreigner setting a movie in Japan. Got to show the Shibuya scramble. Yeah. I wonder if they think of it like we think of, like New Yorkers think of Times Square as like, no, that's a place locals try not to go. Every time know? I'm in, I cannot be in New York and not go visit Times Square. It's stupid. It feels stupid not to. I always love what I remember seeing there. And my girlfriend's there right now. And the first time I was ever in Times Square, I remember a big, giant advertisement for Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> Jesus. And my girlfriend is there right now, and it's Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave. Nice. Is, it has a bunch of great advertisements. I love that shit. My it's first time square memory, it was my first time in New York, and I was I was in my 20s. I was like 22 or something, and I, I asked the local, hey, can you take my picture? I'm here in Times Square, and I got perfect New York response. Fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like a big Fuck guy, so I'm not like... I'm not, I'm like, well, he's not threatening me, but I'm like, hey, perfect. I got a better idea. Why don't I take your fucking camera, sell it, and you can go fuck <laughs> It was yeah, Buy a fucking t shirt with Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes on it that gives no money to the creator. No, I didn't hand him my camera. I, I was smarter than that, but yes, it was very much just like, hey, will you take my picture? Fuck you. I'll take your fuck picture. You. I'm like, okay. Yep. Fair enough. Oh, Fair oh. enough, sir. Have a good day. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure plenty of locals just, you know, people have been there for decades and decades still think of like Times Square used to be where you'd go and watch a homeless guy shitting and then Rudy Giuliani came along and now it's where you go to watch Rudy Giuliani shitting. <laughs> He's a crazy old man is what I'm saying. Oh, what do you man. kids want to see a melting Dracula? <laughs> <laughs> also, apparently, he farts nonstop. Yes. He can open up uh, his asshole like an opera singer and just dedicate a channel to raw, raw farts. It's incredible. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, if we're talking about that, <laughs> we've probably exhausted this this topic for now. Um, Let me go take a nap, and we'll do the rest of the show. All right, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we will talk about some new releases, including Neo, The World Ends With You, and some other stuff, so stay tuned. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Yeah. Olestra. We were just having that conversation because my girl is a little younger. He's like, You ever hear about Olestra and Anal Leak? He's like, Yes. But it's not exactly. Yeah, we lived through the nineties. Yeah, it's not exactly yeah. what you think because, like, whatever sugar and fat substitute is in everything else does the exact same thing. Just like mm-hmm. Michael said, people weren't conditioned to like. No, this didn't mean to go hog wild in your stupid oboises or whatever. Yeah. Let me pop open a Crystal Pepsi and tell you about the nineties. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's sort of like you know 
prunes are unpopular because everybody thinks like, oh, you bite into a prune, you'll get instant explosive <laughs> diarrhea. I wish okay, that was the case. No, it's just it's just fiber, man. I it's wish just... that was the case. That to me is still a good bowel movement. Instant diarrhea. Yeah, <laughs> it's whatever gets it out for the day. Uh, but yeah, sure. Whatever else, because remember, like a couple years ago, like man, have you guys seen what happens if you eat a, a pound of these fat-free gummy bears? You totally shit yourself. I'm like, yes. Yes, you just ate a pound. Of yeah, it's like yes, that this will absolutely happen if you eat a pound of mostly anything. Yeah, I don't want to wish that on anyone, but you eat deserve a, it. Eat a, eat a pound of a crab. Watch what happens to your asshole. It'll be astonishing. We'll all back up and line up around you like it's fireworks. It'll be yeah, the crab will just become reconstituted <laughs> and, and your your ass, and then just we'll, we'll snip at you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash LaserTime. And welcome back to our final segment where I'm just going to find the right screen here to pull up so that Stop I can hit this, this button. It was totally necessary this time. I didn't have the soundboard in front of me. Too many new releases to stall, Michael. Oh my too many new games. Oh, my God. So many. Uh, well, Neo, the world ends with you. Since yeah. we made the whole first segment about that, we can talk about this right. a bit. Um, I... Have played through a couple days, not not very far, a few hours in. I really enjoy yeah. it so far. Like, I got into day two. I, I got yeah. the, the demo let let you get pretty far. The demo lets you get into day two. I don't know if it gets further than that. I, I stopped at that point. I guess the demo is one of those that capture level and number of pins you can collect. Oh, but there is a free demo on PS uh, well four and five, and then um, Switch. So if you want, if you're anxious to try this game, go check those out. But, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's all new characters. Well, mostly new characters, but uh, these two teenage fashion plates who uh, get drawn into the the Reapers game after they die during an apparent accident in the middle of the Shibuya scramble. And now they're stuck in in Shibuya and can't leave. And it's it's very pretty. Uh, I even though the the action isn't split screen anymore, I appreciate that, like they they have this thing instead of uh you having multiple pins that do different things when you swipe on the screen. It's now you have multiple characters. They each have a pin that is tied to a specific attack. And they they all have, like, cooldowns. So the goal is to alternate quickly so that you yeah. can keep combos going constantly. And each pin is mapped, to, well, each person's mapped to a different button, Yes, typically. And it's, yeah, it, the, the goal is, like, You'll start a combo and you can kind of button mash like on, on one of the buttons and then it'll get to, it'll say like nice and, and then that's your cue to like hit the next attack right. and you just basically your goal is to try to juggle your cooldowns to keep that combo going, which then will make you like, it, you build your, what do they call it? The, like the, the rhythm, you build something up to like, like a hundred and then you get a special attack. You hit the, the circle or the B button yeah. and you trigger this awesome attack and yeah, that, that, the combat is really fun and really intuitive and like i was trying out different pins like i had one pin that like mapped to the l2 that like just constantly shot flames at some dude so i would like do the flames while mashing like square and triangle to to alternate between the other kind of more beam based attacks yeah. and, and it was like yeah and like the the third guy that you get he has like a thing where like the, his default attack is like you charge it with r1 so yeah, the, like, the idea kick, is, yeah. like, while you're doing attacks with uh, Square and Triangle on PlayStation, you would be charging R1 and then, like, unleash it at the right time. 
And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's also a Japanese game in that like they grade you for every combat. And course. at first you'll be getting like C's and B's. And then like very quickly when you learn how to juggle the combos, you're getting A's and stars. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had S. I just saw A to S and then star. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then when you, when you recruit your, your fourth character to the, the party, you find out that, uh, the main character Rindo has this ability to step back in time again. It's a little bit like Shibuya Scramble that way, and then like, oh, okay, well, I ended up dying and getting a bad end. So if I, but if I go back to this point in time, maybe I can get one of these rare pins that will uh, mollify this person who killed me. Uh, oh wait, there. I needed a voucher for this. Okay, I'll go get a voucher. Oh, I needed to line up at this restaurant for that. So you keep going back and back and back and back, and then yeah. you finally get what you need, and then you, you know, go back to the present, and things proceed differently. It's like, oh, that's a neat touch. It's Yeah, it's technically how the game starts, right? Mm-hmm. As he, he sees his friend die, he has a vision of someone dying, yeah. and then, like, I think the, the point where they actually die, like, a truck falls on yeah, him, his, basically, his, and his then he goes back His friend gets crushed by a truck. Yeah, and then and then he he is able to magically kind of warp back in time, but it, you think it's oh, it's just another vision. But mm-hmm. um, the one question I had for you, Michael, is like as I was playing it, like to, the way to get into combat is you kind of go into that alternate dimension. I think what do yeah, they call you, it's you like scan. you scan. And it was the same way in the original game too. But I'm like scanning. Other than like if I want to grind for experience, do I need like is there a purpose to scanning other than like is like you can basically never engage in combat yeah. other than like to progress well, the story. You, you, you know, can it's... read thoughts, you can find yeah. clues for the missions that they give you. Um right. and yeah, it, and it's it's essential also like certain times will be tasks with like, oh, you need to get give me this special item before you can move on, and the only way that you can get it is by uh, chain attacking like three noises in a row, so then you right, have to go and right. you know, track certain them, so. certain monster certain noise monsters drop certain pins. I remember right. like yeah, to move to another district, it's like oh, I need this pin, mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm gonna have to give you one of these pins that are basically unique attacks. Like that sucks, yeah. but yeah. well, that that's the thing. A lot of them aren't unique attacks. A lot of them are just junk. Like I think I've got uh-huh. like 13 of this one that does this specific attack, and I had to fork over one of them like to get through a gate. So cool, yeah. But it's it's um, there's nothing like it. I, I, I've never played an RPG like it. I'm just like this is so weird with the scanning and the reading people's thoughts, which can give you hints. But in true like JRPG fashion, like a lot of the time, it's just listening in on the personal lives of NPCs. Yeah. It's just really there <laughs> for color. Yeah, it's just sort of inane, except that like oh, it's it something's kind of stick in my mind. Like the guy who said like. It takes two steps to cross my apartment, and I don't have a bathroom. But hey, I get to live in Shibuya now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that yeah. that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's also uh, the first thing I noticed when booting this thing up. It's built in Unity. Yeah, which which is is like that's a little weird to see in a Square it, Enix game. Yeah, yeah, but it but it definitely you, you kind of like it gives those vibes. It's like very um, what's well, it's cell shaded to begin with, but mm-hmm. also like there's a lot of kind of just two D really good looking 2d drawings of the characters and stuff like that but yeah it's not it's it's one of those games where i'm like yeah it's a ps4 game i'm playing on ps5 i don't really even notice though because it's it's cell shaded so mm. it looks timeless you know it's like yeah it's totally fine to play on this i i the camera stuff takes getting used to because you can't you have zero control over the camera when you're walking around uh shibuya you know it's it's just kind of like yeah just head in a general direction yeah 
which which I kept being like that doesn't feel like the direction I should be going according to the mini map, but okay, yeah. you know it's and uh, and again it is it is a fun opportunity to to explore Shibuya even though like a lot of it is gated off like oh r- today yeah. you can only go into this area like yeah right fun. right yeah but it's um there's nothing like it and I'd say if you if you didn't get a chance to play the first because there's 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 so many similarities between them other than the combat system which they've kind of had to redo is like at least check out the demo um. It's giving off those strong Shibuya vibes mm-hmm. for sure. You know, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Ooh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and you played a bunch more Death's Door since last week, right? I did. I wanted to come back to this one because last, you know, last week when I spoke about it, I'd only put like twenty or thirty minutes in. This time, I've I've gotten about a quarter of the way through the game, at least according to the save file, and kind of, you know, there's like I think there's like four main bosses, four main areas of the game, and mm-hmm. I, I I got past the first one. I'm into the second one. So the game last week we said definitely has Souls-like vibes at first uh, with an isometric view. One thing I, I had started to hear and then really did notice for myself is there's strong Zelda vibes to this, like traditional Zelda games in that there's a lot of environmental puzzle solving, both in the, let's call it the overworld, you know, just to get from kind of dungeon to dungeon. I watched a dungeon. bunch of this today and, and like as a someone hankering for a Zelda experience. Yeah. Skyward Sword. Uh, like... Uh, Give me Death's Door! <laughs> yeah, where, where the bosses are are pretty much Zelda dungeons. It's like, okay, like like the first boss is like, I think she's called like the Teacup Witch or something. Is like, you're in her mansion and you're figuring out like how to get a series of keys so you can unlock this main door to get like kind of down to her lair and stuff like that. And it's um it's very much environmental puzzle solving mixed with combat throughout. And But it's got the Souls-like stuff in it, like every... Basically, every save point is like this keyhole that will get you back to that administrative afterlife thing we talked about last week where the crows are trying to collect souls. That's kind of like your fires in Souls games taking you back to like the Soul Shrine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, you can go back to this area and that's where you would upgrade if you get enough currency, which they're really stingy with currency. Like it takes a lot to upgrade your character. But um yeah, I, I mean, I keep seeing people being like, hey, this is one of my games of the year candidates and... After playing through like a quarter of it, I'm like, yeah, this game just is like it's fucking tight, dude. Like it came out of nowhere, total surprise. The art style is cool. Like there was a point in the game where I came out of a room and I wasn't expecting to see that witch there and just her design. She looks like the old woman from Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. It like startled me to see her. It was very off putting. I'm like, ah, like I, I, I was startled by her. But it's um, yeah. So if you if you're kind of I don't know, just want something that doesn't look like anything you've ever played, but has some familiar elements from Zelda and Souls-like, like, fucking check it out. It's it's really cool. Nice. Tell us about Last Stop. So Last Stop, that's, again, uh, that's on Game Pass, by the way, as mm-hmm. a reminder. Um, that's an adventure game, and it's very... I, so I, I started to play it, and... It's put up by I, Annapurna, right? So It is an Annapurna joint. Right when you boot it up... Um, there's like three characters you can choose from, which are basically, I think, three different stories in the game. I just chose the one that's like middle-aged dad. And I'm like, yeah, hey, there's me. Um, but it's uh, really what I found is it's, it's like a heavy rain type game. It's it's true adventure game where they're like, jiggle the left stick to drink your coffee and jiggle the right stick to eat from your cereal. And I'm like, oh, it's one of these where it's only as interactive as you answering you know, choosing dialogue choices or doing the occasional action like hit A to open this door. So you're really there to kind of just experience their story. Uh, dear listeners, I don't, you've probably noticed this by now. This isn't really a Matt Allen type of game. Like I, 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 I to, to be fair to them though, is like, put it on the box. 
right off the bat, like the relationship the dad has with the daughter and stuff, like I'm like, oh god, this is gonna make me cry later if I keep playing. Like I can just tell. But I, it's it's I'm I'm all about I want more game to my game. But like if you like that style of storytelling, kind of the Telltale style or the Heavy Rain type, um, I'm forgetting the name of the studio that does Heavy Quantic Rain. Quantic Dream. Uh, thank you, Quantic Dream. If you're if you're into that style, um, this is a, a very good one of those. Great music, by the way. The music is is awesome. So. Again, it's on Game Pass. If you, if you're hankering for an adventure game, like that kind of adventure with not a lot of puzzle stuff, but really just you're just kind of interacting with a story, then it's it's up your alley, I'd say. Yeah, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles came out also, which is yeah. apparently like a holy grail of localization that had didn't come to the U.S. for years and years. Um, Chris, tell us about the fans. <laughs> tell tell us about how polite those fans were to you when they were asking for the yeah, Michael. <laughs> I didn't have to interact yeah. with them. <laughs> yeah, all the death threats came from Michael. Oh, Those that's all true. I did send Michael. a lot of death threats. Yeah, they're all, all, all giant weird. I, I remember one, like, like, I'm very tired and drunk, but like, I, I remember hearing in a meeting, like, there's a, there's a game where Ace Attorney might be up with Sherlock Holmes. I'm like, I just want to go home right now. Well, and if he says Sherlock Holmes, it's not because he's drunk. Like that's what it, they actually named the character. Herlock Sholmes. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't that at the time. It was just. Um, it was just like, and it's probably not coming here. And like, uh, it, it, we're giving you insight here. It, it's it's me telling like, hey, the next seven years of your life, this is going to haunt you, and you can't do anything about it. And I didn't want to work at the company anymore. <laughs> that, that is. Um, Oh, great. You're going to do this thing that's not available in America. And here it is now, seven, eight years later. Um, long time. Long yeah, time. But really it, it's a, uh, Michael, you played a bit of it. I, I did. And, and I was, I was expecting it to be like, oh, this is going to just be like more broad humor, but it's going to be a Japanese lawyer coming to, you know, um, Victorian England and yeah, oh, all sure. those lovely hoary tropes. Uh, to dig into it. And no, I, I started playing it and realized like, oh, that's right. These games are fun. They're really yeah. fun. And, uh, you know, even, even though this, uh, as, at least the first case, uh, keeps up that kind of annoying tradition of like, you figure something out and then you have to wait for the characters in the game to figure mm -hmm. it out before <sighs> you can, uh, <laughs> present the evidence. And yeah. it usually takes a while. Um, it, it is, it is fun and it's funny and I kind of like the idea of like, yeah, this was, you know, late 19th century Japan, like shortly after it had, the, the black ships came and it had reopened and it's like, we've kind of just recently adopted the idea of, uh, fair trials and lawyers. Uh, so we're, we're trying to make the best of this but at the same time like we have this really tenuous relationship with. And that's, that's America by the way. Um, <laughs> what this whole this whole thing has been like uh, the, the the whole Ace Attorney series is this weird parody of Law and Order, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, but, the American series. Like, um, but they you get said, no objection from me on that one. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no objection, uh, but the, but that that is one interesting thing that uh, traditionally Ace Attorney games they get localized and they pretend like it's a Japanese game, but like let's make it as if it's in America. Uh, we're eating our suspiciously sushi-shaped hamburgers with chopsticks, etc. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
like umami burger. Come on, that's this, a thing. Michael. This one, uh, like it's it is actually set in Japan. There is a historical period where, again, they're they're sort of like we're we're trying to modernize. Our greatest ally right now is Great Britain, and we're very afraid of them. Uh, but like the main characters, Ryunosuke Naruhodo. Which Naruhudo was the original name of Phoenix Wright. I, I forget what the rest of his name was, but it's it's a Japanese pun that they don't try to localize or turn into a different name. Like this is set in Japan at the beginning, and then it will move over into uh, England. So like, okay, that's that's cool, and it's been getting good reviews. So it's nice to see this series come back. Ace Attorney is about when I talk about like I like more game to my game. Hmm. It's about my limit with kind of visual novel. Like yeah, there's some interactivity there. Like I I always enjoyed the Ace Attorney games, but I that's where I'm. The second they become too visual novel and not enough, you know, uh, evidence finding and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask about that. Like mechanically, is there that traditional Ace Attorney stuff of where you're trying to find evidence and figure I mean, out the best I'm, moment to I'm present? I'm still it? in the process of like the first trial and very gradually unlocking gameplay. I just yeah. found out or, or uh, was got the ability to rotate pieces of evidence to see what's on the other side and catch Uh-oh. really Uh-oh. fucking obvious clues. Yeah. 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 But... Uh, yeah, you know what might have too much gameplay for you is Microsoft Flight Simulator, which came to Xbox Series X and S. It did. Right. It did. It, it did. And, and, and Michael wow. didn't know. I had to tell him um, there's two routes to this game. There's a 40 gigabyte, just mm. give me the game and we'll stream in the world. And then there's a 100 gigabyte download Whoa. that is the offline mode, like you'll a, get the map. real Gears 5 situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which it, it, it's weird. I I saw what you're talking about, Michael. Like, there's a certain way if you get to it in the store, you don't ever see that option. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, install this thing for me. But there's a different way if you just select it. It's like, do you want to do the the small download or do you want to do the whole thing? And I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, I do know that I, I downloaded something like 20-something gigs the other day. And then once the game unlocked, it's like, hold on. I got to quit out and download another 30 gigs. Yeah. The PC version did that to me and it yeah. pissed me yeah. off, which... Is there an option where I can just download the route between SFO and my house? Because that's the only thing yeah. I'm going to do in this whole so, fucking game. So right? that's that's what I did the first crash time. Crash your crash your plane, yeah. all your bosses' yeah. houses. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I did with the the PC version for the first time, and that's what I did with this version. And one of my very favorite things to do, and I recommend anyone with Game Pass who has access to this game, you should do this: fly over your neighborhood, yeah, and figure out how to get the um the focus or showcase the showcase camera yeah and detach it and go down to street level and just yeah. cruise around your neighborhood because you'll be like this is what it will look like after the bombs hit yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you will yeah, see it's, like it's not your real neighborhood these like these m- extruded mounds that may have been cars you will see uh the skin like photos of familiar buildings plastered over crude lumps of those buildings oh they did that okay because that might be an update yeah. when this game first came out on pc they would put in fake uh, polygonal buildings for houses oh yeah they, they still do that and it's, it's okay. just okay. uh like you know you can find your house but it won't look anything like your house it'll just be right, right. a weird house model that was right. never meant to be looked at from street level <laughs> Right, so like when I was giving the Microsoft camera a chicken heart out the window, showing them a Balzac, mm-hmm. it uh, it's not going to capture that in the game, unfortunately. No, it'll it'll capture that, but it'll be like part of the flat street texture. Like 
You know, go out in front of my house and I see like a red smear on the the asphalt. It's like, oh, that's my wife's car. Glimpsed or, from orbit. Or maybe maybe my ball sack will be one of those monoliths that goes like a hundred stories into the sky, yeah, just yeah, unexplained. Yeah. Well, and, and then there's weird shit like there is a Safeway uh, not far from my house. And I, I went there and it's like in the parking lot, like the big the the big parking lot sign that's like yeah. on a post with a big Safeway logo. Uh, in the game is a gigantic slab that right. has yes. a photo of that sign plastered yeah. on it, like seen from the air. <laughs> so I love like, that shit. Yeah. 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 And I remember it took some exploring to figure out how to unlock the camera. There's mm-hmm. like a drone mode. Basically. It's like, yeah. yeah, just have a free, free camera and, and to figure out how like not to have my plane crash while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like you can basically kind of like pause the game and yeah. just fly around with the camera and that shit. It's really not designed for you to be at ground level, and boy, does it show. Yeah, <laughs> except yeah. except at airports, like they they do a pretty good job of recreating mm-hmm. airports, but yeah. um, but yeah, and they they also have like a a mode where you can just like, I want to fly around this national landmark, and you know, I want to fly right. past the pyramids and see the Sphinx oh, or uh, all over the top of Mount Everest. And, oh and, shit! I want to do that. Yeah, and it's it's just there from the main menu, and you can just pick it, and you pick a route, and it'll start you like in midair near whatever uh, the thing is, and that's really. I want to cool. do that because well, because like I remember when when the one came out on PC, I would send Chris. I'm like, by the way, this is what ha- what they think Disney World looks like, and it's it's all mm. fucked up. Like Michael said, it's like you see like parts of an attraction like mapped onto some hill, and you're just like, yeah, they, they, they think uh, the human beings are like part of the the map of haunted mansion right it's like spaceship earth is just like a giant pyramid you're like that's that what spaceship earth mm-hmm. looks like but yeah. uh but it, it's um that 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 mode sounds really cool that sounds maybe they've they've updated the pc version with that but like that's all i wanted to do like the, yeah. yeah literally the things i do in that game is like i'm gonna fly to my house i'm gonna fly to my childhood home and disneyland when i say too much gameplay like it really does try to model every single aspect of flying a plane and if you don't know what you're doing you like if you're flying uh, the default Cessna and you dive too fast, you can damage the wings, and all of a sudden you'll just like crash in midair, and you're like, yeah. "What the fuck just happened?" And it's like, "Oh, you went too fast and damaged the wings." Like, I can do that. Why? Yeah. Well, you realize like stalling yeah. is a thing in in flight, and you don't want to do it. And like you know, you can you can look around inside the cockpit and just like it'll highlight different controls as you uh, you know move the cursor over them. And at one point, it's just like. There's a little lever that's uh, like the fuel mixture, and I can interact with it. And it's like, I don't think I want to do that. I think no, I should not. leave that one alone. Probably not. No. Yeah, but but I I, I wish that uh, Xbox would hurry up and come out with a VR attachment because this shit was made for VR. My God, that'd be cool. Mm, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I really wanted to <laughs> exact revenge on my local Home Depot. <laughs> I mean, the reason I think we're even talking about it this much is like, yeah, it's a port, but like, it's almost miraculous that they can get this thing to run on mm-hmm. a console because this yeah, this, this is, game last year was a port putting, if you want. This is this is one of the most best selling games of all time. But it's it's also Period. just like it, this game puts even the most powerful hardcore PCs through its paces. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a beast to run this fucking thing because they've literally tried to recreate the entire planet you know on in a flight sim and it's just like but yeah so the fact that it's on a console is like even if you're just going to download it play it for a few minutes it's just like yeah you gotta you gotta check it out it's pretty cool it's 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 bizarre you're getting a hundred dollar game for free Hmm. there's that too yeah Yeah. 
I, I really wish I had a good like HOTUS setup, you know, with the fucking you know the real flight. Yeah, when I, when, I, when I got involved with Game Pass, it was a hundred dollars for a year. That's the price of what the uh, fancy version of Flight Simulator is. Mm. I, I wonder, like this time last year, or it's actually earlier last year, like all the that type of hardware got really expensive. Like I was trying to be like, should I get a steering wheel for Forza? And I remember like there was just shortages of that shit. And I'm like. Maybe I should get one now to prepare for like Forza Five, like because that would be it, or like a Hotas setup, Hotas setup for the for this would be fucking cool, you know. But yeah. I don't know. I'm not that into it. I'm not that hard. No, it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, I want to run this really well so that I can connect with my dad about it because <laughs> I there know he's go. really interested. But his like he the computers he has like he he keeps trying to run it and it's just like it's so slow and then. It doesn't, it doesn't run it that well. And I don't know how to pause. Can you help me figure this out? And I'm like, no, I can't. I don't have the first clue. Just tell me, like, could you pause a plane in the air in real life? Dad? Well, like, I, no. I looked it up and it says, yeah. like, oh, there's Did like you a download a car, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a pause button on the keyboard. It's like, I don't have that. And like, I, I don't know. Oh, well. Like, just get a fucking plastic bottle and piss into it, dad. Yeah. If you were in a real flight, that's what you yeah. do. Shit yourself. Yeah. Shit yourself. You're mm-hmm. on a fucking plane. Act like it. So, Bloodroots. <laughs> Speaking of Bloodroots, is very good. Um, this game, I, it, it, I think it recently came to Game Pass, but it it had been like an early access on PC. Um, this game is basically I, I, I've been playing a lot of it, and I like it a lot. It's fucking it's um, Hotline Miami with more of a cartoon vibe. But imagine if you could weaponize almost anything in Hotline Miami. So it's like, yeah, there, there's axes that are like, hey, get this axe that's embedded in your tree stump conveniently right near these guys. Um, but also just like, or just pick up this fucking wheel off this cart and throw it at these dudes. Or pick up this, this fence post. Hmm. Um, and so you can weaponize pretty much anything. But, but gameplay-wise, it's, you know, it's isometric view. It's basically Hotline Miami. It's just like, there's some dudes walking around a map kill them before they kill you be quick about it because they will come after you the second they spot you but but the weapon stuff is really what makes it unique in the style thing like typically whenever you kill the last enemy in an area it'll show you like a real unique animation like depending on the weapon you're using and that's the fun part to me is and and even like some of the stuff that are weapons like it'll be a ladder right if you use it as a weapon he like spins it around his head and like you know kills a dude like that but then if you're like well if I have the ladder can I use it to get up on that like on that cliff over there and sure enough like you jump holding the ladder and you use it as like a vaulting thing to jump up onto higher cliffs and shit and so it's like it's got some 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 depth to to the gameplay it's also written by a former guest on this show nick sutner wrote the game and it's really cool it's got some genuinely funny stuff like the whole premise is you're just guy that they just call like Wolfman because you're wearing like a wolf I, I, I head love on nick, by the way hmm. yeah nick's great but it's it but it's it's um again Fucking Game Pass, so might as well give it a shot. I think you folks will like it. It's it's like playing an ultra violent cartoon. Nice. You know, if you're into that, yeah. Everybody loves ultra violent cartoons. Oh. Yeah. It's and that. continuing with that Viking theme, we also have Tribes of Midgard, which is yeah. like a survival slash tower defensey kind of game. Uh, yeah. Top down, you're playing as a naked Ein Harriar, and it has some similarities with Valheim in that that respect. And it's just like, oh, yeah. they. And Ein Harriar is like, you know, a dead warrior who went to Valhalla and is now a servant of Odin. And so you're, you're sent down to, to Midgard to Earth and these two horned cats tell you how to gather twigs and stones. 
And then you take those to the village blacksmith and he makes your pickaxe and now you can harvest wood and or now you can harvest iron that makes more sense than wood and you can yeah. make a sword and then you can build fortifications and then you can fight off waves of monsters so it's a little bit like not quite tower defensey but like you know alternating between gathering and crafting and, and fighting so um yeah it's, this this right. game's been i want to say it's been in early access for a while like i i played a, an alpha version of this game a few years ago and it's um does it still do the thing they might have taken this out because it was so early but there's like uh, at a certain point on the map, like a giant will arrive on the map, and basically that's your end goal yep. for what you've been gathering for. Is like, okay, go kill this, yeah, go kill this or Jotun, whatever, you know. This yeah, 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 Jotun, thank you. Where, where it's like most enemies, pretty easy to kill. There's a risk reward mechanic of like the further away from your camp you venture, that's how you'll find like more rare resources to upgrade to get better stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, in order to to take down that giant. You've got to get some pretty powerful weapons and have some pretty powerful defenses on your home base, and so it's it's really you're you're prepping both for the tower defense stuff of like the the lower level mobs raiding you, which they do every so often. This also, I think, is meant to be a co op game, right? Where you're playing yeah. with groups of people all gathering at the same time. And you, you have the option at the start, like, do I want to partner up with people or do I want to just go solo? Yeah, yeah. But it's um, it's definitely one of those games that just kind of we were talking off mic. It just really throws you in the deep end. It's like, here you go. We're going to explain one or two things. Fucking go figure well, it out. Like, something about the tutorial just reminds like, This feels like a free-to-play mobile game. Like, I keep thinking it's going to be like, oh, and you'll use these energy units to to build, to, to craft items. Here, we'll give you five to start with. You know, yeah. something like that. But uh, no, that, that didn't quite come. But it, it's just something about it is eerily reminiscent. Yeah. But it, it like a lot of survival games... Like falling, it, it just kind of throws you in the deep end. Like, yeah, fig figure this shit out, yep. you know. And and um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like if I had to choose between this and Valheim, I'm probably going to go Val Valheim. <laughs> you know, um, Samurai Warriors Five came out. Uh, we didn't play it. Sure enough, probably won't. But uh, and Near Reincarnation is out on uh, mobile. I, I have not had a chance to touch it yet, but it already looks sort of promising. So uh, check that out if you are a fan of the series. Uh, as far as I know, it's it's either free or included with Apple Arcade. But uh, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I one of the two. Um, I got to get back to the other near that came out this year that I meant to yeah. finish. So. <laughs> the old new near, yeah, the uh, old new near, which sure. is quite good. But uh, that about does it for new releases. So let's move along to. Gentlemen, much like the, uh, you know, lockdowns and COVID stuff, like you thought you could get away from it, but no, you can't escape the... Which is back just for this one story. Um, There's going to be a live action Pokemon coming to Netflix. Anyone? Anyone? No? So it's it's like instead of Pokemon, it has people and the people get caught in balls and then they get crushed? <laughs> Maybe. I think they're going to... Um... Uh, take a page out of the uh, Detective Pikachu it, thing. It, like, it, it is us. basically meant to be Detective Pikachu, the TV series. The, the interesting yeah. part to me is the showrunner is the showrunner who runs Lucifer, <laughs> that the, uh, Netflix huh. series based on the DC comic. It used to be a Fox series. Yeah. I watched the first yeah. episode of that. It was okay. When I realized, right. like, oh, this is based on the Neil Gaiman version of Lucifer, I had no idea. 
It's it's Joe Henderson is the name of the showrunner. So he's running this live action Pokemon series that is yeah meant to meant to take a page out of Detective Pikachu. Which the guy the guy sounds white enough to run a Pokemon series. Joe Henderson. We always forget this movie when we bring up like, are there good video game adaptations? It's like, well, one of the best is Detective Pikachu, I'd say. It so is. it's pretty decent. It is, but it, it, it's a slice of Pokemon. It's not the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. But there's there's other um Netflix has a couple like uh live action adaptations in the works like there's a Cowboy Bebop adaptation, there's a One Piece adaptation, so I don't know. We'll see. Like Pokémon get, get Tignatara to, to like play it. Ash Ketchum, otherwise I don't care. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I care about? You guys uh you guys care about Amaterasu? Sure. Because yes. if you do, there's a new Okami crossover coming to Monster Hunter Rise. So this is, I think, their Sorry. second crossover event. You're going to be able to earn and use a, an Amaterasu skin for your for your mount. You know, for nice. your for your Palamute. For your Palamute, yep. You'll be able to ride Amaterasu around the map. So, uh, Monhun Rise fans, it's a reason to go back uh, and check it out. So Finally, something to look forward to in life. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm I'm not with Michael on this one. <laughs> I mean, Michael, there's a lot of people looking forward to buying one of the new systems. But uh-huh. if you if you were to listen to the earnings calls for Sony and Xbox, a lot of people already have. So PlayStation Five. Yeah, most of them are scalpers. <laughs> True. Uh, PlayStation Five just crossed the milestone: 10 million units sold wow. of the PS5s, and you can only imagine how many they would sell if they could produce more and, and get them out there for people to buy. But man, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, Microsoft did not announce their numbers, but they said the Xbox Series X and S are officially the fastest selling Xbox consoles ever. But again, both of them are really more challenged by the number of units they can produce and get out the door more than like demand. You know, it's just like they, it seems to be whenever they have supply, the demand's there and they just get snatched up. So, so good on them. Um, and maybe you'll actually have some more games to play on these systems if you get your hands on one, because uh, PlayStation and Microsoft both announced their August, let's call it subscription games. I want to say free games, but as listeners have told us before, they're not free. But uh, PlayStation Plus games for August, they've announced um, Hunter's Arena Legends, which they showed in that recent state of play. It's oh! That's kind of like a medieval battle royale looking game with, with, with some melee stuff. Um, I, I did my best to try and sound excited <laughs> that one i think has a ps5 Whoa. and ps4 version uh plants vs zombies battle for neighborville is also included there so it's a oh, couple of multiplayer things. that's a series i love in a format i don't <laughs> thank you uh tennis world tour 2 anyone what that's fucking free on playstation what yeah tennis I world i know uh games with gold games for august are darksiders 3 okay Ukulele? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one. Lost Planet 3? Question mark? Really? Like, all right. I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, Greg Moore is Greg, very pleased. <laughs> Greg Moore. I, 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 I read this is, um, supposed to target people who do not have a goodwill. <laughs> um, the, well, the last game, the last game is kind of exciting. I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of the first word. Garu Mark of the Wolves yes. is coming to Games with Gold for Which next is month. A lot of fun. That's like one of the first games that I injured myself on. Uh, what? What? Because I, um, I had put the Dreamcast away for a while and hadn't been using it and then pulled it out and uh, played Garu Mark of the Wolves like years after the Dreamcast had gone defunct. 
And, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, that controller, when you do a bunch of fireball rolls on it, gives you tendinitis. Oh, so, really? <laughs> that game is, is highly revered by fighting game fans, though. Like, no, got an awesome fantastic. character named Butt, Butt in the game. Yeah, Kushnude Butt. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got a lot of free games coming your way if you subscribe to those services. And hopefully you can get your hands on a PS5 and an Xbox Series, whatever you choose. Because they're selling a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. It's basically what I'm saying. Just like I'm saying, that's all the news that's fit to play. Yeah. Uh, well, we're on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week. Are you going to get a Steam Deck? Why or why not? On VigiGamePocalypse.com, Laser Time Rules says... Hell yes, I'm getting a Steam Deck. I'm nowhere near a PC gamer, but have a handful of older Steam games. Playing them on the go would be awesome. Plus, the rumors of being able to add Epic Game Store, GOG, and even Game Pass. This is the ultimate portable. And in it, and it's basically a computer. So you've got a handheld PC, throw in some emulators, and you basically outswitched the Switch. Got the 512 model slated for Q1 2022. So excited. I like how they're doing that, like, tiered. I think the Playdate's doing that, too. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you'll get one. We're just going to tell you which wave of the hardware you're going to get. So it's not going to sell out, per se, but yeah. it's more just like, yeah, you're going to get it later. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I wish more companies would I'm do still that. excited to pick it up for $10 eventually. Going to jailbreak it and install Microsoft Office 365 on there, get some spreadsheets going, hell yeah. So that's what I was trying to figure out is is I think to do the stuff with Epic Game Store, GOG and stuff, like I think you might have to technically jailbreak it so it's not running Steam House. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you can uh yeah, it if seems like you can do it. Greek lover. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a handheld PC. Uh a man riding a woman riding a motorbike says, uh, no. I'm actually more excited about the playdate. With its black and white screen and goofy little crank, it's an absurd device for an absurd era, whereas the Steam Deck doesn't really push the envelope in any way that I'm interested in. I had a lot of friends in high school who did goofy little crank. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I saw a couple previews hitting of the Playdate, because it goes on uh, pre-order. goes up for pre-order this week. Oh, that's I think- cool. I think as you're listening to this, it might have already gone up. But oh, um, so far, what what I'm hearing is... So Jeff Gersman was talking about it on the Blomcast, and he, he basically was just like, this is an expensive desk toy-like device. Like, this is meant to be this bespoke, unusual thing. Do not think of this as your next handheld. You know, this is meant to be this kind of quirky collector's device that has quirky, unusual games that are bespoke and only available on this platform. If you think of it that way, and if you have 180 bucks to spare, which, remember, gets you the subscription to the games as well, mm-hmm. then you won't be disappointed. Then it, it's if you want to play a neat little cool device, that's what this thing is. It's not this a is, Switch. It's the know. video game equivalent of a ukulele that you, a white college student, bring to parties. Very very <laughs> few portals have, have, have that to, to tout. If you have uh, less than two hundred dollars, uh, you'll get games the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah well, yeah, it's yeah. the way he described it is it's, it's. I almost was thinking of it like it's a very expensive, sharper image desk toy. You know, it's like yeah, this is something that's meant to be like the, the stand that it comes on comes with a pen, like a real pen, like a pen holder. It's meant to be like I'm displaying this mm. thing on my desk, wow. and then when I'm bored in between meetings, I'm picking this thing up and, and fiddling with these little short little games. Uh, Say God CD says I pre-ordered the top of the line model. 
glad it was only a $5 deposit, so if I change my mind, I can still cancel. But having my Steam library on the go is super tempting. I'm also interested in what it can do once it's jailbroken. Also curious how the controls feel. Yes, I saw some stories about that this week of like, um, I didn't know there's a onboard gyroscope where that's that's how they're doing some of the mouse stuff on there. They have the touchpad and then there is a gyroscope on board apparently. So that's, yeah, anxious to see. Anxious to see. I don't know. From the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Kendall Hallman says, I think this is a first time commenter. Hello, Kendall. I personally won't be buying the Steam Deck because the Switch meets my needs for a portable system. I do think the Switch and the Steam Deck have different target markets. Agreed, Kendall. The Switch is for fans of Nintendo and good game experiences and stuff. The Steam Deck is for people who are mad that the Switch doesn't operate in 8K frames per second or whatever and need a system that holds all the games they got for 35 cents during the Steam Summer Sale Humble Bundle that they can try unsuccessfully to play once a year. Man, if the Steam Deck could play games at 8,000 frames a second, I'd be impressed. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, I run it at 8,000 hertz. Mm. Uh, it's <laughs> the fastest screen in existence. We've we've made this system exclusively for hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> uh, Andy Bush says, I laid down my deposit on the mid-tier Steam Deck. It's a bit splash of cash, but the more I think about it, the more compelling it is. I still haven't played XCOM or lots of other turn-based things, and it's nice to be able to be in the same room with my family while they watch TV or whatever. Basically, the same idea as the Switch, but with the wider library and better game prices. My pre-order is quarter one, so the first wave might be out before I have to pay in case it's a total dud. Yeah, uh, that, uh, what was the XCOM game from last year that we both Chimera liked? Chimera Squad. It's quite Chimera good. Squad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that one's pretty affordable, too. I think it was yeah. like $20 max or something. And like I just it. love that they followed up two games about pitched battles between humanity and aliens for survival with, like... Well, I guess the humans and the aliens are going to team up to fight crime now. It's you know about what that as silly game is? as that sounds. It's V the game. Like, yeah. it's the old 80s V TV or, series. Or Alienation. Alienation, yeah. that's more appropriate. You're right. You're right. And we finally have a video answer from Gallatin Carhart, who says... Afternoon, VGA. It's Gallatin Carhart. Hope y'all are having a fabulous day. I am, too. I am here in the small barn. There's Willie and his mom. He's nursing. He's about two and a half months old. And there's Wendy... That is two of my bills. And why do I refer to bills? Because the question of the week, am I or am I not going to buy a Steam Deck? Something that's $500 plus. Uh, to get a good one, $600 plus. Let me tell you what. I got a Switch. I almost gave into the hype and bought an OLED, but I didn't. I've got a new 3DS. I've got an old Vita that I tried to get Kerry Chandler to mod for me. I was like, hey, dude. You, you seem to know this stuff, mod it. And he's like, I don't want to mess with other people's stuff. He's like, it's easy. I looked at it, I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'll just pay another $150 to get a Vita card um, so I can put all my movies on there. I got to have all my movies on there. Anyways, um, and then Lost Season 1, Episode 1. Um, and I've got a PlayStation 4. That's all I need. I got too many bills. I got a truck payment. I got a mortgage. I got a home equity line. I got uh, health insurance. I got life insurance. I got truck insurance. I got the little ones getting ready to get a car. The older ones getting ready to get a car soon. I got her. I got the little one loving to go to 4-H camp and 4-H events. And then the old one goes to 4-H stuff. And she goes to FFA stuff. 
he's got bills. She's a little sick, so she's got bills. I got bills over there. I got bills. I don't need to spend money. Oh, also, I just learned I'm diabetic. Oh, we're also paying for insulin. And I'm going to a cardiologist next week because I'm 43 and my dad died of a massive heart attack at 46, oh, just to be safe. So I ain't got money and a budget for another video game toy. I will say I do have those uh, Telltale games. Those are awesome. I still have those. You, uh, I won those years back from you all. Love them. Anyways, guys, I can play that on a laptop. Anything else, it's just life. Y'all take it easy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Wow. Thanks for that reality check. Jesus Christ. Damn, uh, I'm kidding. sorry to hear uh, about Patreon. the diabetes. Patreon.com slash Gallatin Carhart. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I hear you, Gallatin Carhart. I, I got bills, too. Yeah. But I got the skills to pay the bills, Gallatin Carhart. Oh, I see. Well, you're saying he doesn't? Of course he doesn't. Uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. I actually just threw down the But yeah, you, you actually have kids, Matt. You're more familiar with bills than I am as a 43-year-old man who lives in a hedonistic wonderland of uh, just one wife and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> there there are definitely times where I'm like, I'll send a message on the weekend and then Michael will respond at 11 a.m. Sorry, just seeing this, just woke up. And I just shake my fist in the mm -hmm. air. I go, oh, damn you! Mm -hmm. Yes, I get to sleep in on weekends. Uh Anyway, um, but yeah, thanks to everyone who answered. That was interesting. Um, new question of the week. Uh, the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer came out. And uh, in our desperate attempt to cling to some sort of relevance, uh, what's your favorite Ghostbusters game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk, talking about yeah, older people obsessed with stuff from their youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ghostbusters. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. This is a show for older, run by at least older people obsessed with stuff from their youth. <laughs> uh but yeah, go, favorite Ghostbusters game. Um, you know, it's it's easy to say the the three sixty one that came out a few years back that got a remaster. I still think that's excellent. That is probably as close to a uh, Ghostbusters three with the original cast as we're ever going to get. Um, the way Ackroyd described it. Yeah, I should take out the probably because his Ramus is gone, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think that that's ever going to happen again. But. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, uh, just to be contrarian, the Apple II game by David Crane, which is different from the NES one, is far less shitty. Um, but that that was a game that actually filled up a lot of my Ghostbusters-obsessed childhood. Uh, playing that, you're running a Ghostbusters franchise, which, you know, mysteriously located in Manhattan. And uh, you have to buy a bunch of equipment, some of which is completely ridiculous and unnecessary, you drive around Manhattan vacuuming up ghosts, and then you have to get out and trap a ghost between two proton streams and uh, hit it with the ghost trap and uh, try not to cross the streams or everybody dies. I was going to uh, say, don't cross the streams. Yeah, you don't cross the streams. Off, but uh, yeah. but that, that was fun. But, um, you know, I, I think there are maybe like three or four good Ghostbusters games, one of which was never released in the U.S., but I'm curious to know what other people say, starting with you, Matt. Well, as I was telling you guys before, I mean, yeah, the easy answer for me would be the, was it 2009, whatever, that the, the 360 game, because I worked on it, and, like, I literally know the guy who the rookie is modeled after. His name's Ryan. He's a friend of mine. I worked with him. He was an associate producer on the title. Um, and so I love that. I love whenever I see screenshots of that game, I'm like, I can't believe I know the guy I played as. But I, I do love that game, but I have a soft spot in my heart for the Genesis. Uh, what would you call that? A side-scrolling action platformer? Yeah. yeah, where you're, you know, it, it's funny because it's like, 
big head modes weren't necessarily a thing at the time. Like NBA Jam maybe hadn't been around, but like you're basically playing like big head mode Ghostbusters, which at the time that shit looked dope. Like they looked like it looked like Pete Vagman and stuff. And I just love that game. Like, because they had to think of like new bosses that weren't in the movie in addition to the existing bosses. And it, it, that game has such a strong Genesis feel. Like there's a boss that looks like Audrey from, from little shop of horrors. Cause that's what the Genesis did at the time. Like it's sure. got some, it's like revenge of Shinobi shit. Like, uh, sure. We got Spider-Man and Batman. We just can't call them that. Like it's, it's, it's got that vibe. Um, so yeah, the Genesis Ghostbusters game is a personal fave of mine. Like it's, it was one of the reasons I wanted a Genesis. So there you go. I'll also still carry a torch for the arcade real Ghostbusters game, which was basically like a Japanese Ikari Warrior style game that got reskinned as real Ghostbusters and they added this whole lasso mechanic with the proton beam. So like, that was really neat. It was a really cool game that I really wished would come to the NES and never did. I so. think there was a pinball game that I got really excited about, but then I heard like it's kind of notorious for being bad about draining your balls and i'm like oh oh it, it's anymore. bad about draining your balls typical <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <see>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway and you uh, couldn't resist mm-hmm. you couldn't mm-hmm. resist it's so it's it's all just patterned around that uh race dance sex dream from the first movie <laughs> That was so weird. Come on, as a <laughs> what kid. What the fuck was that about? None of us knew because we were too young. Job. Why was he wearing that uniform? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And and he was wearing tidy whities, which was mm-hmm. just really uncomfortable at the time. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't like it. Didn't like. It. Uh, so anyway, what's everyone else's favorite Ghostbusters game? Let us know. Go to Video Game Apocalypse. Answer into the comments for episode four thirty or. Hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. We lost Chris, so Matt, you have to pull double duty. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. We, we gave it to you at the beginning of the show. We got some new shit up there. We got the new, I guess it's a full, full length classic corner, like a whole episode all about classic movies where they, where they dive into those, which I'm looking forward to. I know that's something that you listeners have been asking for for a while. So there you go. We listen. Uh, that's where I'm also posting the audio from our Monday night movie where we had Diamond Dog Dave Rudden join us to watch Point break on its 30th anniversary we can't still can't believe that's a thing uh and we have again what dave rudden calls a top five funniest monday night movie moment with chris i don't want to give it away uh you can maybe get a sneak peek if you go to twitch.tv slash maddie c allen it just might be a highlight up there but uh yeah check us out patreon.com slash laser time i already gave you the twitch address you can also follow me on twitter at maddie c allen that's m-a-t-t-y C-A-L-L-E-N. As always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com or follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. have finished a great game and proved the justice of our culture. (laughs) I like the proof.
That was good. <laughs> that one's too old. It really sounded like Michael was auto-tuned right there. 